You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Can't get enough of the fan in the morning? Al and Jerry are here with more sports news and other stories that they couldn't get to during the morning show. Alan Jerry's post game podcast. Hey, what do you say to do a podcast? It's Wednesday. No, it's Tuesday. What the hell is today? Today's Tuesday, Tuesday Jerry. I'm confused. Long week. Long week so it's far. It's only Tuesday. And a nor'easter is on yeah, the way. Dude, it's going to get longer. This? Now, let me ask you this. Yes, sir. Are they freaking us out? Or I just heard two things. All right. Joe came on and asked Evan if it's true that we're getting up to 15 inches of snow tomorrow. I did not see that. And 1010 Winds just said. Up to 12 to 15 in Manhattan, in the city, but the shoreline up to 6. So where we are, maybe not so bad. Okay. A foot of snow here, though? That seems like, uh, that seems excessive. Come on, Al. I can't, no more. I, uh, what are we doing? Well, I'll be sure to wear gloves tomorrow, because we would be wiping cars off at some point, Jerry. That is true, although I don't even have gloves. Well. Usually I use my sleeves. I have a uh, extra pair. Oh, that's very nice. Bring you a pair of gloves. Uh, I would actually accept that. All right, Jerry. Well, fair enough. I'll bring multiple gloves tomorrow. <laughs> Jerry, I have a bunch of stories here because the last few podcasts has really been me complaining. Uh, so I have actual stories that have been building up. Nice. A whole stack of them here. Building up. All quality stories. Like a man that has not had relations in months. Months. Building up. Building up. Let me give you a local story first, Jerry, and see where you fall on this one. Local, all right. A, a two-month police investigation has been ongoing uh, where there was a movie showing in Long Island, The Last Jedi, the Star Wars film. There was a two-year-old child in the movie theater who kept crying for popcorn. Why Kid is the two-year-old at The Last Jedi? Good question, Jerry. That's a fair question. Well, the baby, the two-year-old, would you call a two-year-old a baby? No, a toddler. Toddler. Toddler kept, wah, I want popcorn, or however toddlers speak. Mm-hmm. A 28-year-old woman named Kerry had had enough of her movie being interrupted, so Kerry got some popcorn and dumped it on the two-year-old's head. <laughs> yes. That's awesome. I mean, I wouldn't do that, but I think that's funny. Police say that Kerry caused a bruise. Police, Police are involved. Say Ke- that uh, Kerry caused a bruise on the girl's head from the popcorn oh, container. Up. Shut up. No, they didn't. Yeah. Come on. You break. Is she suing him now for a million dollars for damages? Well, I don't know what she's suing for. Those details have not emerged. But they are suing her. Yeah, over oh, pouring popcorn break. on a baby's a two-year-old's head. Good lord! Yeah, that's. I'm sorry, that's funny. She, uh, this Carrie woman, had asked the mother to please quiet her child down as she was trying to enjoy the Star Wars film. That's a yeah. That's a tough one. I mean, I, 
It depends on the type of parent you are. I was always the type that, you know, if we're if we're somewhere like that, mm-hmm. and the kid's not cooperating, and he's really being a pain in the yeah. ass, we're out of there. You're out. Now, listen. Luckily for me, I don't even know if I ever had that happen, but I know how I would handle it, and that would be it. You can't sit there with the kids screaming in a movie theater. Let me ask you this, if you're allowed to do this. Let's say I'm in the movie theater, I'm enjoying The Last Jedi, and there's a two-year-old constantly asking for popcorn, and it's annoying the crap out of me. Mm -hmm. Can I go... Get the child popcorn just to shut the kid up, or am I overstepping? No, I think the parent has to take the kid out of the damn theater. Yeah, because now the kid got what he wants. So there's two issues here. The one is the parents being really just stupid by not leaving, by trying to teach the kid a lesson that you don't always get what you want. I'm fine with that, but not in a movie theater when there's 50 other people there trying to watch a movie that they probably paid 30 bucks for. What about this, Jerry? What if I just want to be nice and no. uh, remember what it's like as a kid? Let's say I'm in the supermarket doing my weekly food shopping. Okay. And in line, uh, the kid behind me, there's a parent with a child behind me. The kid wants a Kit Kat bar. Keeps and the going, parent says no. And then I buy the kid a Kit Kat. I take that Kit Kat bar and shove it in your face. You shove it in my face you as the other parent. You cannot do that. You cannot do that. All right. Absolutely not. How about the fact the kid's got a sugar problem and he never shuts up? That could be. So no. So How about don't he's do a that. spoiled little brat? Mm-hmm. No. All right. So you stay out of it. Wow. I would never imagine that buying a child a Kit Kat would get it shoved in my face, but evidently no, that no, could you're right, happen. Because I'd really like to have my two-year-old son get candy from a 48-year-old bald man. That would seem strange. A little weird. Agreed. A little weird. When you say it that way, it makes more sense. Right. <laughs> Thank you. All right, Jerry. That's story number one. <laughs> It's a good story. I like that one. This was sent to me by many alert Twitter uh, followers and podcast listeners since we discuss robots often. Is this the man robot? No. This is not a sex robot, Jerry. A Pasadena, California fast food chain uh, called Cali Burger announced that it is employing the first burger flipping robot. His name is Flippy. Now, some people are angry that this is going to take jobs from people. It is. As uh, restaurant, fast food restaurant workers. As Flippy the Robots back there, whoosh, 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 flipping burgers. Yeah. You know what it also does? What's that? Prevents those owners around uh, in the area, or if you can get Flippy, mm-hmm. from paying people 15 or $20 an hour. Right. Once you pay Flippy, why well, once you initial investment in Flippy the Robot, you're done. You're done. Now, the company says workers will always be needed in the kitchen working alongside the robot, so no fear. I don't believe that. You don't? I, do I don't either. I think there are certain jobs that will go away. I think you're going to end up with self-serve fast food restaurants. Right. which we've seen in some places like uh, yeah, I mean, it's out there already. Panera Bread. Yeah. It, there's no reason why you're not going to have it. Use the iPad or, screen. You know, the stop and shop I go to used to have eight people checking you out on a Saturday yep. morning. Now you have four people checking you out, and you have six Self-checkouts. Speaking of that, yesterday, for the first time in almost three months... Your cold cut thing was working. The deli computer screen was working, and there was a huge line for the deli. I punched in my turkey. Go do your shopping. Do my shopping midway through. I was only midway through the store. Deli order nine is ready for pickup. That's me. Deli order nine. It's cool, isn't it? 
Very cool. Yep. When yeah, that computer had been out almost three months. I was gonna try to complain to the store manager. You should have. I'm surprised you didn't. I know that's a long time. Yeah, very long time. I think you are losing it out. Yeah. So Flippy the robot burger. No, Flippy the burger flipping robot. Think he'll ever go on strike? Cali burger. I don't think so. Probably not. I legitimately, if I had children, and I don't, Jerry, I would tell them go into robotics. Then every time you see a story like this, you'd be like. My kid's going to work with Flippy the Robot. Robotics and computers. That's yeah. it, man. That is it. I tried to do computers at Middlesex County College. I had no idea what was going on. <laughs> there was a computer language back then in the late 80s. DOS. 88. Uh, not DOS. It wasn't DOS. It was called Pascal. I remember that one. And that was like when you took computer programs, you would work on Pascal. Really? I don't remember that. I had no idea what was going on. I had a Commodore 64, and I thought I could do computers. Isn't it really the worst thing when you when you realize you are so out of your league? Yes, and you just feel lost. I feel like now I would dominate Pascal. Well, Pascal's forty years old now. Thirty. Oh, probably years not old. even used. I don't think that works. I see. Do you think you work at Apple? I could not. Wouldn't that be great if I just started hitting up places with resumes, computer companies? Uh, proficient in Pascal. Like, what is that? Painting? What is this? <laughs> I want to Google Pascal to see if that is still a thing. It's funny. Uh, all right, Jerry. How about this one? I have two. These next two stories, Jerry, fall under a title. Flying the Friendly Skies. So right. these would be airplane-related stories I have for you. Okay. Flying. I, have an idea. I know of one you're going with. Flying the friendly skies, Jerry. The vomiting skies. Is that going to be one of them? Uh, that is one of them. Let yeah. me hit you up with that one first, since you uh, throw it out there. Uh, a pilot on a United flight took off and landed in very rough winds here on the East Coast. Washington D.C., I believe. A uh, Dulles. Yep. Virginia. That's, that's, oh, was it? I thought Dulles is D.C. I think Airport. so. Then. Yeah. I bet you it's I the don't same. know. Whatever. Uh, the pilot of the United Express Flight 3833 from Charlottesville to Washington Dulles International Airport said the flight was so rough, quote, pretty much everyone on the plane threw up. Yeah. Hmm. Doesn't surprise me. The report said even, quote, pilots we're on the verge of throwing up. Have you ever been in a have you ever had a flight where the turbulence was so bad that you could totally see everybody vomiting? I did never uh, I've been on what I thought were bad turbulent flights, but I I don't like I remember as a kid being on a flight one time when my mother's coffee was sp- was spilled mm-hmm. because it was uh, very bumpy. Sure. But uh I've not been I've never seen anyone vomit on an airplane. Oh, I have. Even though they have those bags. Multiple people. Do they get it in the bags? Yeah, most of the time. I and, don't think I ever remember anybody missing it. And then what do you do with the bag? Believe it or not, the stewardess takes it. Oh, the flight attendant takes it. Good Lord. Yeah, they come over with the plastic bag that you put your vomit bag in. I've been on a flight where the person next to me, you know, searched for and got the bag ready. But never actually but never completed actually, the use, <laughs> Never needed it. I've been, on, I've been on this year. I mean, I'm on flights a lot now because of the travel with Rutgers and... We had one a few weeks ago that was just brutal. The last, you know, as I told you at the time, when the pilot comes on and says, if you're not in your seat, get in your seat. And if you don't have your seatbelt on, put it on. We are about to hit severe turbulence. You want to talk about just like, what does that mean? Right. And then all of a sudden, the plane starts dancing in the sky. And yeah, I don't it's like that. just, it is such an uneasy feeling. I mean, it's just brutal. And then you sit there, wait, all right, just stop, stop find a smooth patch and it just never did 
And then there was the other story of the plane. Did you see this from the other day over the weekend where the wind was so bad? And this is what I don't understand. And I don't get flying, so I wouldn't expect myself to understand it. They have the video of this plane that's rocking and rolling on descent and then pulls up and takes back off when it was like 20 feet off the ground. I did see that. I mean, what are you doing? Maybe they thought it was going to really go get thrown into the pavement. I guess so. I, I, yeah, I guess. I would just think you're so close. Slam the damn thing. But yeah, crazy, right? Yeah. You ever actually take five seconds to think about how difficult and what you're actually doing? Yes, when things? I see that. That's it when is I... so freaky. I mean, my God. I've told no the thanks. story of seeing the, uh, like, uh, my dad uh, worked for Delta his entire career. So we would fly quite often for vacation. When we would go on vacation, we would fly, obviously. Uh, we were going to uh, connect in Dallas for a flight. And the two two or three days prior, a Delta plane went down in Dallas from wind shear yeah. and slammed it into the ground. Well, as we were approaching two days later, the charred tail was still sitting out there. It's a great sight. Oh. Could you imagine you're the pilot going, holy mackerel. No, I couldn't. I could not. That's awful. The second airline story I have today, Jerry, comes from Malaysia. Uh, And Bangladesh. This is not going to go well. I'll tell you right now, this is not a good story. It's like when you're in the airport, you know, flight 1733, (laughs) whatever, Air Caribbean. Yeah. Like, or whatever. Some of them are just like, what is that? Right, because you're like, wouldn't a real pilot work for United or Delta? (laughs) You know? I I don't know that they're not real. (laughs) Turkish Airlines. Yeah. This this flight was going from Malaysia to Bangladesh. Yeah, that's a flight I'd like to be on. (laughs) A uh, (laughs) 20-year-old student. Uh, started to uh, and dress got naked. He got, got naked, naked on the plane. On the plane. Did he have a panic attack? No, 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 no. No. Just, okay. got, just getting comfortable, Jerry. He got naked on a plane, put a pornographic film on his laptop. Oh, shut up. And began to pleasure himself. No way. When the stewardess asked him to get dressed, he allegedly attempted to hug and grope her. Was he drunk? He went from his seat to the toilet. He then allegedly attacked the flight crew before being restrained and moved to another seat with the help of fellow passengers. Good God. Yeah. I'm telling you, man. I just want to get on the plane, get to where I got to go, and get off. The cabin crew approached him and politely asked him to put on his clothing. He complied with their request. A short while later, there was some commotion at the toilet area. And it turned out he was harassing a stewardess. He was eventually restrained and his hands were bound with a piece of cloth. (laughs) Hmm. Wow. That That is is some scene. Who restrained his penis? Well, great question, Jerry. That is not in the article, unfortunately. So bad job by that journalist. You think the erection goes down immediately? I don't know. you think he's walking around with that thing? I think he's walking around. Straight up in the air. Like a wild animal. (laughs) So ridiculous. Here's a story I can agree with 100%. Taking selfies. Of urinals. Taking selfies makes your nose look 30% bigger than it is. I think of that all the time. Like, Gina loves, we like to take selfies, Jerry, when we go out, like to the Belmar Parade. I don't. I still like asking people to take pictures. That's the way to go. Because when I do the selfie, I'm like, is my nose that giant? Well, it is, yeah. 
of my nose it is. It just looks a little bigger. Even bigger, 30% according to this. Yeah, I'm still a big, hey, do you mind taking a picture? Yeah. I, I am not, I don't like the way those pictures come out. Yeah, they, they're they are a weird Now, I do angle. agree, once in a while, you'll get a real good one. Yes. And I was funny, because I was going through some of my photos this morning, actually, when we had a, uh, well, never mind. Um, and we had a NBA, we had a college basketball guest on. And so I'm like, oh, I'll listen to that, and then I'll go through some photos while I'm listening. So while, uh, who did we have on? Clark Kellogg. So when Clark Kellogg was here on the air, you thought, now's the time for me to go through and organize some Yes, pictures. because I was ready to come in at 730, right. like my normal time. I had forgotten he was coming in. Okay. So I was prepared. You were ready to go. And then so. all of a sudden, I had 20 minutes to kill before I was coming in late. All right. So I'm like, oh, I'll just listen to the interview, and I'm going to go through some photos, because I had realized that I've had photos on Google from 2013. Google photo. So I have five years worth of pictures. Awesome. And I kind of want to see if there's any I'm missing. And I, there's a lot of those. Some of them are really good, but some of them are just God freaking awful. And they just don't compare to the ones where someone takes them of you. They right. just don't. Even the good ones don't compare. So They're getting better. The The new iPhones, and I know you're not an Apple guy. Apple sucks. They have these portrait modes on some of the cameras. Mm. Terrific. Good. Enjoy. Just terrific. Let me see what else I got. Let me give you one more, Jerry. One more story. Journey's Greatest Hits. Came out in 1984. Has become the third album ever to spend 500 weeks on Billboard 200, on the Billboard Top 200. Is that true? Yeah. It came out in 1988. Greatest Hits album, Open Arms. You know that song, yes. right? Yeah. You know some others, which I can't... I know a lot of them, I'm sure. You know a lot when of faithfully. When the lights go down, right. Love and touch and squeezing. Yeah, I know all this. Yeah. Separate ways. Yes. Don't stop believing. All right, you You're familiar off. with these songs. You couldn't do my alternative rock songs a few weeks ago, but you can do I that. I could not Got do it. that. Okay. So I'm going to ask you, Jerry. Since Journey's Greatest Hits became the third album ever to spend 500 weeks on Billboard's Top 100, what are the other two? The other two albums? I got one I knew. The White Album. No. No. Good guess, though. Thriller. No. No? The one I knew... Bruce... No, not Bruce. ...was Pink Floyd's... Oh, The Wall? ...Dark Side of the Moon. Oh, okay. ...has been on the... ...was on the top 200... ...Billboard Top 200 for 937 weeks. You're kidding me. The other album to do so was... Bob Marley and the Whalers. I would have never got that. Their retrospective might, called Legend. I might have come around to Pink Floyd at some point. Bob Marley. I'd be sitting here until next Thursday. Right. Yeah, I would not have guessed never that one. Never in a million years would I, th- I didn't even think of Bob Marley. Yeah. All I think about Bob Marley is, you know, having having drinks in the Caribbean and smoking a bone. Smoking bones? That sounds like fun. Yeah, I always noticed this, too. When I was in Florida, I, w- I was able to go on... Boats more often because people had boats. Bones. People with boats love the Bob Marley Greatest Hits record. There's some love it. It's also like Jimmy Buffett. Like there's just something yeah. tropical about it. Yes, Jimmy. Like, uh, never mind. I'm not even going to get myself into For it. For me, Jimmy Buffett or Bob Marley comes on the radio. I'm to the next channel as quickly as I can. Well, yeah. If you're driving in Brooklyn, what does that do for you? But Nothing. if you are, if you're in Aruba. Right, or that if I would keep Saint it on. Martin, All right, that I would keep into, it on. That's what I want to hear when I'm around the pool. Right, you know, I'm even good with it at home in the pool in the summer. There's something cool about it. Like Geo has a boat. Guarantee's got the Bob Marley yeah, disc player on. Yeah, he seems very stereotypical. Stereotypical, generic uh, music, probably. Uh, I would on agree that boat. with that. I would totally agree with that. 
So that's when he makes his journey home. Yes. Right on the boat. On although, the boat, Jerry. Although he's got a daughter now, so you never know. Not Good so luck getting shot. out on the boat again. I remember when I first, when my first son was born, I had belonged to a country club for three years. I played every day. Bouge. I played. A, I played a lot of golf. Yeah, okay. it wasn't that type of country club. Just a good place to go play. That was private. It was awesome. And so he was born in October of two thousand four. And I remember asking, uh, talking to my wife, and wondering, "Do you think it's worth asking? Or do you think it's worth it to join up again in 05? And she goes, "Yeah, go play." I'm like, "Okay." So I signed up. Spent my few thousand dollars, whatever it was. Played four times. Four. Yeah. You realize how expensive those rounds of golf were? <laughs> Kids will cut into golf time, boating time. I don't think I used to play easy. Easy. I used to play a hundred rounds a year. Very you know, sometimes twice really? a year. Oh, absolutely. I could play I could play So eighteen holes a hundred times is eighteen hundred holes. Yes. Easy. There'd wow. be days, Al, there would be Fridays that I would play because I'd get all I'd get there at six thirty in the morning. I'd play till six o'clock at night. I might play all day. That seems excessive. I like listen, there are things you like to do. I love playing golf. And so I went from like a hundred rounds a year to literally nothing. I don't think I've played a hundred rounds since. Really terrible. Terrible. Terrible, terrible, terrible. Terrible. All right, that's cool. All right, Jerry. Warm up show is next. It was awesome. The opposite of terrible. So It's the warm-up show with Alan Jerry, brought to you by Newcastle Building Products, the only streak-free roof from Scotch Garden 3M. Use it on your roof already. Hi, very good morning to you. This portion is sponsored by Walgreens. Good morning, Albert Williams Dukes. Oh, hi, Jerry. Jerry, you know the combine is going on? Yes. The NFL combine. And I remember the other day when that dude, uh, linebacker Griffin, he ran it in uh, 4.38. Yes. Everyone was like, holy mackerel. Pretty, pretty fast. Pretty fast. Yes. Then you also know that Rich Eisen, a number of years ago, started this gimmick where he would run the combine when he was out there. Right. In like seven seconds, would he, you say? Well, he wanted to be under six seconds. Okay. That was his goal. So he would run it in his suit. And it's now a thing for charity. Now right. he does it on behalf of a charity. So yesterday he called out Roger Goodell. Roger, I want you to run the 40-yard dash. So old Raj. Eight seconds. Being the hilarious guy that he is, Jerry, and I'm sure people across their offices across the country in their suits are setting up, much like we have here at WFA, and we have a long hallway. We could run the 40-yard dash. So Roger Goodell did it in his suit yesterday, and he ran it in a 5.41. Really? Yeah. So, I don't believe that. Yeah. Oh, it's on videotape. For- huh? Right. So follow me here, Jerry. If Roger Goodell ran that in 5.41 and the linebacker Griffin, who we were all gaga over running it in 4.38, you're telling me Roger Goodell's only a second slower than this guy? In a 40-yard dash? Yeah. I guess so. And he's like That means they're neck and neck and just kind of losing inch by inch. Yeah, I don't know. So what's really separating? Why are we running the 40-yard dash know. at the combine? We watched Craig in a hotel uh, hallway run it in 5.1. Yeah. He never got the sub-5, but he was right around it. So that means he was only a half second slower than this top prospect. Would you then say, Jerry, the NFL is a game of seconds? Based no, on that. I wouldn't. You would not say that. Nope. Game not of really. inches. <laughs> you could say that in game some cases. Game of something. <laughs> yes. I was just shocked that, you know. 
If Roger Goodell, you you could run it in. Well, if Roger Goodell's running it in five point four one in a suit. So what do you think? Five. Five. Yeah, I got a stretch. Not sub five. I'll do it in. I could shave point four one seconds. That's not even anything. I could beat Roger Goodell in a race. Probably glide right through the air. Very thin legs, Jerry, like a gazelle, and they're fast. Do you have long strides? Uh, that I don't know. I don't think I'm a bit, I'm not, I don't think I'm a long stride guy. Well, you ran a uh, marathon once. Very thin legs. I did not run a marathon. I ran a like five miles K. Or something? Three miles. <laughs> That's kind of a marathon. It's like but a I, short marathon. I complained the entire way, which really probably cut down on my proper but breathing. didn't you feel really good about nope. yourself when you were done? No, I felt really? that. No I felt sense like, of accomplishment. No, I felt like that was dumb. <laughs> that was dumb. I ran in a circle and I got nothing for it. I think running only counts if you are always doing it. It's like any type of exercise. You go to the gym right? for, I went to the gym for many years. Then for six weeks after my hernia surgery, Jerry, I couldn't go. Well, I was starting from square one. <laughs> That's exactly right. Does you no good. If you take any break whatsoever, you're done. Once you stop, it's hard to start again. I'm looking for the Giants or Jets to draft Roger Goodell. Or maybe you, if you could run a sub five. Yeah. That would be great to see Roger Goodell out there in pads. <laughs> they would murder him. Yeah. Well, he could cover people. He's only a second behind. How many yeah. times we see like a, an Odell Beckham is just a second ahead of a Roger know, Goodell I, I could play cornerback. Don't know that it's actually a second that you're talking. It's fractions of a second. Fractions. Fractions of a second. Yes. All right. Have you ever watched a game from the sideline? An NFL yes, game. I have. So you know the speed and what we're talking oh. about. They're fractions of a second. Yeah. The right. speed and Jerry, I, the, I, the violence. I yes, uh, it is really violent. That yeah. doesn't come across on TV, right? Like you know, but I do think when you're out on the sideline, as opposed to in real life, a second for me or you walking down the street or maybe jogging at the park, not a big deal. On an NFL field, fraction of a second does mean it's something. big. Yes, like Roger Goodell would look old and slow. I'm going to hit you with this now, Jerry, and well, I know with anything. I know where you're going to stand on this, but I'm going to argue this against it. This is going to be about the wrestler. Nope. Oh. I'm saving that till the end. Of course you are. That's my kicker story. Um, former ESPN play-by-play guy Mike Patrick mm-hmm. was interviewed somewhere. I didn't get the details, Jerry. Sure. And they asked him about uh, one time he had to call a game off-site. Okay. In other words, Jerry, he didn't travel to the game. Green screen behind him. Green screened. He was in a studio calling the game. He called it appalling. Okay. I'm all for it. Okay. If I ran a company, like if I ran CBS, I'd be like, no one's going to games anymore. It will save a lot of money. Save a lot of money. You'll watch a screen. Because how many times are you watching games at home and they're like, I don't know if he fumbled it. Yeah, I see it on my screen. He right. fumbled it. It's... Uh, I, I thought you were going to fight me on that. I'm not going to fight you. It can be done, and it is done. There's a lot of European soccer, if you watch. Well, I don't, and I don't think you do I'm either. I'm a big fan. A lot of European soccer is done off a green screen and broadcast here in the States. So it happens a lot. It is challenging, certain aspects, if you're the announcer, because a lot of what you do is anticipating and seeing the scope of the field, and you can really kind of see a play develop. With a screen, you can't. doesn't mean you can't change your, you know, the way you go about it. It can be done. I don't think it's as good, but I don't know that the audience would know any different. Like Tony Romo's game when he's a broadcaster. Sure. He has is seeing the whole field when he starts Correct. telling you everything that's going to yes. happen. Right. And if Romo was in a studio, he couldn't do that. Correct. It's much more challenging for the analyst, and you would have to have a lot of communication with the producer to make sure there's a lot of wide shots 
to get the place set up for the analyst. And for the play-by-play guy, a lot of times, all kidding aside, I know we have fun with this, a lot of times a play-by-play guy can literally not predict but can almost foresee an interception, say, because you can kind of see the ball in the air and a safety cheating and making a break on the ball. On TV, you just see the ball in the air, and all of a sudden the safety appears and steps right in front. So it's challenging. Can it be done? Yes. I would not like to see that happen. I'm going to rec- recommend Rutgers save some money next year on their basketball program. Well, I never miss a day. By the way, why do I miss a day? Why don't I go to like a radio station in the city the next day and do it? And do your updates? Yeah, like, why don't we? That'd be cool. We could yeah, say Jerry's cool. live on location from some small town in Illinois. Right. I could be coming to you from wherever. It'd be all good. Yeah, I would like that. I think we should get that done. We used to do that when we would go on the Monday night trips yeah. with Boomer yep. before we were on television. And then Tuesday morning broadcast from that city. Mm-hmm. It was always a disaster, Jerry. I had such a stress headache every I day. Well, the internet wasn't as good. The internet wasn't as good. No one had Wi-Fi. When I'd get to the radio station and knock on the door at 4 a.m., no one There's would no- answer. <laughs> Who no are you and why are you here? I'm calling people. They're sleeping. It was a, sure. a mess. I'm sure. And some of these smaller towns, not so easy. Then now do I have, before you send this to a break, Jerry, do I have time for this? Uh, you mentioned a wrestling. Oh, we have time for your kicker story. Yeah. You know, uh, out in the newsroom here at WFAN, there's always a lot of discussion about Hall of Fames. Is so-and-so an MLB Hall of Famer? Is this person worthy of Canton? That's where the NFL Hall of Fame is. Oh, is it? Really? Now, WWE has announced that Hillbilly Jim will be going into their Hall of Fame. Is he worthy? I don't know who that is. (laughs) You don't know who Hillbilly Jim is. You know I wasn't a big wrestling fan. What were you watching in the 80s? I don't know, but not Hillbilly Jim. Who is he? Was he a wrestler? He was a wrestler. Trained by Hulk Hogan. I know Hulk Hogan. Hillbilly Jim. He was in Thunderlips. They set up Hillbilly Jim awesome. He was just in the front row watching wrestling, Jerry. Then, and, you know, he looked like a hillbilly. Then Hulk Hogan was getting a beatdown unfairly by multiple guys in the ring. Hillbilly Jim got involved. Hogan trained them. Hall of Famer. Hall of Famer. He was well, in, like, that cartoon era. I think era. the bigger question is for you. Is he a Hall of Famer? For me? Yes. I didn't watch it. You Hall did. of Famer. Yes. Why did it take him so long? Well, they got to spread these things out. See, that's the one thing that drives me crazy about any Hall of Fame. I think if you if you had an action figure like Hillbilly Jim did, he was in a cartoon. Worth hundreds of thousands of dollars? Yeah. As ben, a Hall of Famer? That's, plus, he brought his uncle, Uncle Elmer. Uncle Elmer? Became a wrestler. Oh, good God. He kept it in the family, Jerry. That is awesome. Okay, this portion is sponsored by Walgreens. Walgreens is here for all your diabetes needs. Stop by today to consult with your pharmacist and get trusted advice and tips about your diabetes medications and testing supplies. More great stories. Maybe we'll do MMA next. You never know with Al and then Boomer and Geo at the top on the fan. It's the dynamic duo of Al and Jerry on the warm-up show. Brought to you by Newcastle Building Products and the only streak-free roof from Scotch Garden 3M. The superheroes of building products. All right, welcome back. This portion is sponsored by CC's Islanders lost in overtime to Vancouver. Iona did win the MAC championship over Fairfield. You got the Nets at Golden State tonight. Take on the Warriors. This portion sponsored by CC's New Crust, New Sauce, New York Style Pizza. Now at CC's, grab an extra large slice of their new meatball pepperoni pizza and new cheesecake brownies for dessert. There's so much to love on the buffet for just five and change. Only at CC's. Prices may vary. Restrictions apply. All right, Al, what other brilliance do you have for us in the final two minutes? Okay, I have something for you, Jerry. John Lester, he's a pitcher in baseball. Yeah, but he's playing like basketball now. Yeah, this is the problem. So he has the yips, which yep. I never understood he that He has term. for years. 
has the yips about throwing over to first base. Mm-hmm. I guess whether that's uh, checking runners because a lot of people could steal be, on them. It could be checking runners and it could also be a comebacker. Right, a comebacker a right back to the mound. Teams will bunt on him specifically because they don't think he can throw to first. I would have a problem with that. If a, a comebacker well, right do. to you me. You hit wounded warriors because you couldn't pitch. You got right. the yips and softball. I, correct. And I hit the wounded warriors. Yes. And uh, that did not go well for me. No, that did not. It was a, a bad, what we call, Jerry, bad optics. That ruined your pitching career. Yes, it ruined uh, my career. And now I'm uh, at third base. <laughs> uh, but but they're saying he's now going to bounce the baseball. Yeah, well, he's, no, he's done it already. To first base. Right, he's working on it. That is he a, did it on Sunday. That's like when, uh, I forget who it was in, in basketball, was shooting underhanded free throws. They always did that, actually. That's embarrassing. Uh, well, not if it goes in. It's not. Matter but, of fact, there are some guys that, like Shaq, probably should have tried that. <laughs> he was a 50% free throw shooter for his career. You yeah, couldn't do worse. But that is not a manly look. It's not a manly look. I agree with that. That's why guys don't do it. Same with, imagine you're the first baseman for John Lester. I'd be like, do not bounce me the ball. No, no. They're doing it. Yeah, be, it's and then, happened already. Right. And then you know they're going to be like, oh, that's an error on the first baseman. No. No, I don't know. It's not. It's a throwing error. It can't be an error on the first baseman. He spikes the ball into the grass. <laughs> How <laughs> is he short hopping so, the first baseman? The one video for, I don't know if it was Sunday or Monday. I forget which day it was. But he fields a ball to his right. He turns and he fires it directly. He's got a spot on the grass that he tries to hit. And he literally just spikes the ball in and tries to hop it to the first baseman. And in this case, I don't know who it was playing first base. I'm not sure it was the regular or whatever. And the ball just never came up, and it scooted right past him. Imagine you're a guy trying to get a job uh, as a first baseman. You're like, uh, you're uh, playing today with John Lester pitching. I can't. He doesn't. <laughs> Unless it's a turf field when it bounces like a basketball. Yeah, he bounces the ball to me. Isn't that something? I and just, he can pitch. When that's a, a hard comebacker to the pitcher, I always think, why not just run over to first base? He has. He's also at sometimes thrown his mitt with the glow yeah. with the ball in it. Seen the that. first base. I've seen that move. Oh, he's a mess. He's a mental mess like you are with the softball, unfortunately. Well, I was a mental mess, Jerry. Yeah, you still are. Now I listen don't... to Boomer right, and Geo, mornings 6 to 10.